0: The title for today is Living the Vision Part 2 and if you didn't hear last week's and I do appreciate some of you have come up and said hey I listened in the car or watched it online it really is important in this message that you get both because I can't go through all that I went through last week but I can um, do what I've got this week and get through it as best I am able. My head's like mush right now. So uh I was going to say this, anyway, 25 years in Cambridge for Angie and I this week, and our family, and I am persuaded of this, our best days as a church are still ahead of us. I'm persuaded of that, our best days are ahead of us, Now you must understand, I believe that because I believe that for the Church of Jesus Christ. Not just C3, I believe it for the whole church, our best days are ahead of us. We live in perilous times, times of uncertainty, huge moral and leadership vacuums, certainly in our own nation, but across the globe. They are scary times. Someone and something needs to fill those spaces. Why not the church? Why not those that are called with a certain message, a certain message in uncertain times, but we have a certain message. We're going to celebrate next week why our message is so certain, because a Savior who went to the cross and a Savior who rose from the dead. We have a certain message in uncertain times. We are the church we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. These are the words that Jesus said to those who were followers of him. And we can influence our world for good. We mustn't just take our bearings from Europe and the UK, where the church has been in decline. Although, to be honest, some of the decline is in what might be called as the nominal church, uh, the True church, the vibrant, Christ-centered church still continues to grow. But globally, globally, the church of Jesus Christ is still growing. Don't just look here. Look across the globe. And we believe that it can change here and quickly. Don't we? Hello? We believe it can change here and quickly. This is what it says in the book of Isaiah. Before This is Isaiah 66, verse 7 and 8. Before she goes into labor and she gives birth, before the pains come upon her, she delivers a son. Who has ever heard of such things? Who has ever seen such things like this? Can a country be born in a day or a nation be brought forth in a moment? Do so you know what the answer is to that question? Yes. Hello, everyone say Yes. Yes, a nation can be born in a day. Yes, God can reverse things. And even before they go into the labor, the child can be born. Who's up for that? Some of you. We believe that. The answer is yes, God can do an awful lot in a short space of time. 25 years isn't long to God. I hate it when some of you say I wasn't even born. Ben Cooley, I was 11 years of age. But it just goes like that. But God can do something like that and turn everything around. Since we moved into this facility just some three-plus years ago, we hadn't finished it when we moved in, so we've only been finished in the whole facility, not even two years yet. We have doubled in size by way of a church family that meets here regularly across the three services. We've doubled in size, numerically. Why can't that happen again? Why in the next three years can't there be, instead of just over a thousand of us that regularly meet, why can't there be 2,000 of us? They can. Absolutely they can. We've hit our goal, our prayer goal, our faith goal of a thousand worshippers. Why not 2,000 by 2022? I've put a new prompt in my phone for prayer every day. It only started yesterday, but 2022, it goes off every single day, uh, day now. It will do until 2022. It's added to my prayer prompts. And I've just headed it prayer for 2000. I believe we can grow to that. If God's done it before, He can do it again. That'll include our berry plants, and that, I think we'll go way beyond the 2000, including multi sites with church online. God's done it before. He can do it again. But what I want to say today is, and don't hear me wrong in this, of course it was God. But it was us as well. You turned off with the rotors on early on a Sunday morning. You joined volunteering the teams that reach out into the community. It was your hands and feet that went and invited people, although it didn't look very good at how many invited you for next week. But nevertheless, it was you that spoke to your neighbor. It was you that prayed. It was you that gave some money. So if I can just say it without it sounding like heresy, it wasn't just God. It was God and us. And we couldn't have done it without God. But God's chosen to not do it without us. He could have done it without us. But he chose not to do it without us. I was at a conference this week and the speaker, a guy called Dan Backens, was talking about the incarnation as in incarnational ministry. And what he said was, it, it kind of dawned on me. He said, often when we talk about the incarnation, God becoming flesh, we always think and we use the message translation, God moved into the neighborhood, which he did. He became one of us. He said, but let's never forget in becoming one of us, he never gave up his godhood. His godhood. When we talk about incarnation, Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. He wasn't a little bit God and a little bit man. He was 100% God and 100% man. It's mysterious, isn't it? We can't get our puny little minds around it. But that's what incarnation means. It means Jesus was not just a little bit God and a little bit man and some kind of mixture. 100% God and 100% man. We should thank God he was. Because if he wasn't, he couldn't die for the sins of the world. He had to be a man. And if he wasn't, God, he couldn't have saved us. It had to be both. But he was. And this is and, and, and his point was, preaching, he's from Virginia Beach in the U.S., his point was this. Everything we do, we need 100% God. Hello? But we need 100% man as well. God needs, has chosen to need us to do his work. He's not, a, not in the way that he needs us like we need him, but he's chosen to use us and work in partnership. So last week, if you remember, I read from Genesis chapter 1. And that verse, what's called the cultural mandate, or the creational mandate, or some call it even the dominion mandate. It goes like this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. This is not God. Hear this, this is really important. This is not God abdicating authority. This is God delegating authority. God is, we are not deists who believe God wound everything up and then left it to its own devices. We believe in a God who's involved in creation, even to, at the beginning and today. So the Bible says, Hebrews 1 verse 3, that he upholds the universe by the word of his mouth. He's still very much involved in creation and nature. He's a God who started it all. He's a God who will finish it all. He's still in control. But he's delegated authority to us so as that we can do what he does in being fruitful and multiplying, subduing and having dominion over the earth. So there's something very godlike about us because we're made in his image and likeness. Did I hear an amen? We are made in the image and likeness of God. So there's this old story. Some of you may have heard it before. I've used it before about a man who had a beautiful garden. And it was well manicured. And the t- bushes were all trimmed and the flowers were out. And another guy was walking past and he saw the gardener in the garden. And he shouted to him, Wow! The good Lord has given you a beautiful garden. And the gardener replied, aye. But you should have seen it when the good Lord had it to himself. See, we work together. I love this this word, co-regents. It means fellow rulers. We are co-regents with God, guys. We rule and reign on the earth. That's what it means to be fully human. In the image and likeness of God, we rule and subdue. We rule and subdue by writing software, by cleaning, by raising children, by cooking or accounting or preaching or car mechanicing or anything else that you can think of in the image and likeness of God. See, some of you got to stop saying, I'm not creative. Yes, you are. The question is never, or rather the comment should never be, I'm not creative. The question is, where am I creative? And you might be creative in accounting. You might be creative in art. I understand the right way of saying creative in accounting. You might be creative in science or in some other way. (laughs) That wasn't a fraudulent slip. I, 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 I knew I was going to say that, but thank you for responding as well as you did. That's the best response we've had all morning. If we're to be incarnational, it's 100% God, 100% man. Or it's like in the book of Acts, when they've got a problem, what they're going to do with leadership, the Holy Spirit speaks to them. And this is what they say. He says, it feels good. It feels good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Some of you lean one way or the other. Some of you think, it's got to be all God. It's got to be all God. Yeah, it has got to be all God. Some of you lean the other way. But we just got to get on and do the job. It's all about what we do. Yeah, it's got to be all about what we do. But it's got to be absolutely both. And we have to live in the tension and the paradox of that. We can't do it without God. But God's chosen to do it through us. And so I am, I'm going to write a blog, I think, this week on this. Someone said to me, Are you surprised at what, what's happened amongst you here in Cambridge? Well, yes and no. Yes, because I know me. That's why I'm surprised. But no, because this is all God put in our heart and so much more. I mean, I love these guys being so confident in another 25 years. I'm not so sure of that, but maybe. Well, I am confident of this. God's given a dream that's been in our hearts. And we've seen much of it at work, but there's still more to come. And I just want to take the next 45 minutes to share... Again, about he, how we can keep mandate mindsets, the right mindsets, in regards to fulfilling our vision. Let me change the word that I used last week. I talked about expansive, but I want to use the Bible word that's here for a moment by way of a mindset. Multiply. Or let me put it in this way, a multiplication mindset. This is what the word is. In, in Hebrew, it's the word rabba. And this is what it means, and it's used like this all throughout the Old Testament. It means to increase in whatever respect, bring in abundance, be in authority, enlarge, excel exceedingly, be full of, be great, keep, more in number, much greater and plenteous. This has so much to do with our thinking. Proverbs 4 says this, above all else, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. In other words, everything begins with a thought and ultimately your thoughts determine your destiny and it is possible to change the way we think. Romans 12 tells us we are to be transformed so we change by the renewing of our mind. So it's possible to think differently. And I just want to encourage us. And as we go into our next season, and for Angie and I, as we go into our next season, we've got to keep thinking multiplication. That affects your relationships. I have had to cut off some small-minded people in my relationships. They're Christians, they're fellow brothers and sisters, but they'd have kept me small forever. I'll announce this on the day of our 25 years. Many years ago, we had to have a church split because we couldn't have built what we were building with the small-minded people who were present with us then. We would never have done it. And some of you are around, I know, and I hope that doesn't offend any of you. Actually, I'm now at the point where if it does offend you, get over it because it's the truth. Small-minded people will lock you in. Get around big thinkers. And think big. Why? Because we have a multiplication mindset. God. It's God-like. It's like he is. And we can change. Don't be afraid of changing your mind. You know, when we went through some tough stuff, some people said to me, you've changed. Thank God. I was meant to. Didn't you know? That was part of the process of discipleship. I was meant to come out of my meany mouth motley kind of ideas and think bigger. So get around, read stuff that stretches your mind. Be, get around good people, because good people help you grow. Bad company corrupts good character. I remember years ago, we did a healing meeting in a place called New Brighton in the northwest of England. There's nothing new about New Brighton. And it was in the Floral Pavilion. And we put the title up, it was called, Do You Want a Miracle? And we advertised it. It was the biggest advertising campaign we ever did in the newspapers. And we we filled the Floral Pavilion, which is a thousand-plus seater, I think. I remember being there and, and on, in the prayer team, and, and we had some miracles that night. We shared about them. A guy that was biting his cheek as he was he- healed instantly from a stroke and the effects of a stroke. Someone else had, had scissors as a child go into their eyes and they could see again instantly and they went back to verify the healing to the doctors and the doctor said this can't be your x-ray because you were, you've got this scissor uh, accident and, and the, the x-ray showed she'd been healed. So there were some great miracles that night. But a lady came forward in a wheelchair and I was standing in the row in front and I thought, oh no. She's going to come and I've got to pray for her. That was what went through my mind. I wasn't the man of power for the hour. And so I thought, I'll speak to her like Jesus did. He often asked questions. And I said to her, what would you like? I remember saying this to me. I would like, and I thought she's going to say, I'd like to get out of this wheelchair and walk. And she said, I would like peace. And I paused because I was thrown for a moment. And I said to her, if you'd have anything tonight to pray, pray for, what would it be? thinking I'll just test her, and I'm through, testing my own faith. She said, peace. I thought, great. I really didn't have faith for her to get out of the wheelchair, but I could easily pray for peace. So I prayed for peace. I don't know what happened, but my point was this. She had a mindset. I don't know. Maybe she could have received her miracle that night by her faith reaching out when others are being healed around, you, around her and prayed for peace. Can I just say to us, let's keep a multiplication mindset. Now, we're doing that as a church. I shared it last week in some ways, but I want to say just a few things again. Next week, we start church online. We've always had an online presence, but this is an online service with live pastors who will interact with people as they come on. Honestly, you don't know this, but I'm more, you do now, but I'm more scared about the exposure and profile of this than any other project we've ever engaged in here at C3. I think we'll get more flack. I think we'll get more criticism. I think we'll get more complaints. I think I'll get more emails of what we're not preaching, what we should be preaching. Of, oh, I think we'll get all of that. So somehow, I've got to grow a thicker skin because I don't like that kind of stuff. Anybody here that loves that kind of criticism? I mean, I get it to some extent, but I'm going to get even more. Bring it on. <laughs> I don't like it. But we've got to do it in order to keep a multiplication mindset in the 21st century. Yes, we have. We're going to do Barry St. Edmunds. 13 of you expressed interest last week. So John tells me, and he knows if he tells me stuff, I'm going to announce it. So I, I, I can tell when he's telling me. Steve's going to repeat this. I am. We're up to 84 people now that are saying they're going to be part of that berry plant. We're looking for 100. We're nearly there. Some of you may need to still consider that. £56,000 of our vision offering will go towards this in the next few weeks. We've already told you, so you know this, that next year, 2020, for Breathe, the women's conference that was full here, we're moving it out. This is a step of faith. This is a multiplication mindset. We're moving it out into the Corn Exchange, which will seat 1,400 people. How many of you know it's going to cost more money? It's going to take more effort, but it's a multiplication mindset. We, want every, we don't want any woman who's part of C3 to miss out on that. We've booked it. What you don't know is this next thing. We've also booked the Corn Exchange for 2020 for our Christmas carol events. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> 2020 this is. So 2019 we're staying in here. Our goal is to see 2,500 people come through. 2,000 last year, 2,500 this year. It means we will be putting on an extra one here and Barry as well. But in 2020, in our multiplication mindset, we booked the corn exchange. Now, we'll have to have a low charge. It'll probably just be to try and help alleviate the cost there. If cost is ever an issue, you always just come and speak to us. We'll make sure you can go. But it'll be about five pounds. And we're wanting... Listen, <laughs> I've had this in my heart for ages. We know we have King's Cor- College Chapel, and we know it's beamed out there, isn't it, for the carols every year. And it's wonderful. Some of you have been. I don't see why we can't have carols from C3, as well as carols from Kings, that gets us big. And it's going to be contemporary, and we can do it well because of the musicians that we have and the resource that we have. And we'll just, because people, if they're going to go to church at any time, Christmas is the time. We're going to change it slightly from this year. So you can feel comfortable inviting friends. We're not going to preach a gospel message which says raise your hand at the end. We'll preach a message of good news and soften that appeal by saying you can pick up a book if you're interested. And we'll make it more nuanced in that. Why? Because they can come back next week and we'll make an appeal or they'll come back another week. So it will be softer in that way. But people love to sing carols. They can do the traditional one at King's or watch the telly on it. And then they can come to C3 in the Corn Exchange. And if we have to do three or four services there in the next few years, why not? Hillsong Carols does this in London. We don't live in London. Why can't we do it here in Cambridge? Why can't we do it here in Cambridge and see thousands, thousands that come And here the good news of Christ the King is born. That's expansion thinking. We're going to do that. In 2020, we booked the Corn Exchange. You have to book years ahead for these things. Someone sent me an email this week. I I could go through so many areas of expansion, but our Shine course, which is empowering women to grow in their full potential, in these last few weeks has got funding from the City Council in three wards across the city, the most deprived wards. You gave money into the last vision offering so that we could pay for a worker with SHINE, and she's been able to get these grants. And so now, in the most deprived wards in Cambridge, they'll be doing the SHINE program, three different wards this year, which will go to about 60 girls and women that can be influenced through that. That's an expansion. Deborah wrote to me this. She said, "I have also been approached by someone who works with university, asking if you might be able to find a way to bring shine to some of the female students who are, sadly, selling their bodies as a way of funding their university fees." This is our city. Now, I did a Google search on this; you'll find it there. It's true. There's websites you can go through. Go to. I didn't know this. Same in Oxford. Sugar daddy websites. They're called where someone can pay you for sexual favors to help you pay to get through university. So if you see that on my computer, you know what I was doing. The Lord had already placed sex workers, the lady writes on my heart, as a group of women to try and reach through shine. So there's potential growth of the shine going in. To there, and she talks about employment areas as well. This is not just a nice thing to help women feel better. This is to empower women to grow into their full potential. So we're going to do it. Number two, we must keep an experiential mindset. I can't say all I'm going to say other than to say, let's not be afraid of failure. Let's not be. Jesus told his disciples to go into the towns and the villages, and he said to them this, if they don't receive you, Wipe the dust off your feet and move on. Uh, excuse me, Lord. Can't you give them a word that this place will receive you? Uh, but he, no, he it just go. Go everywhere. Preach the gospel because the power's in the gospel. And if they don't receive you, that, we'd say, we failed. We didn't hear God. He says, no, no. Just wipe the dust off your feet. Move on to the next place. Just keep moving. we just got to keep moving. we just got to keep experimenting. In every area, we're going to experiment with kids' church. We've already told you that. So as they can have a better worship experience. So from the second week of May, not the first, like I said, because we're going to take our vision offering that week. But the second week of May, I think it's the 12th, the kids will be out for the whole time. You'll have to get here a little bit earlier to register your kids. They'll go into their own program, and then we'll come in here. We'll miss them, because it'll be strange initially. But it's something we're going to try Next year, and this year again, we want to experiment with more prayer and fasting seasons. Wasn't it a great season beginning of the year when we fasted? Wasn't it great to give up food and pray? Some of you had breakthroughs. Some of you had miracles. Some things that were under the ground came to light through the midst of the fasting, which had been painful, but better that they're not hidden, that they've come out now. So we're going to do more of that next year. This will be another one this year and certainly two or three next year. So we must have... An experimental mindset. Then the third one I just want to mention is this. I wanted to keep it all with ease. So I put it in this way. We must keep an egalitarian mindset. What does that mean? Well, by definition, this is a dictionary definition of egalitarian, it means this, equality. Believing in or based on the principles that all people are equal and deserve equal rights and opportunities. A person who advocates advocates or supports the principles of equality for all people. Now, in the church world, when we talk egalitarian, it's usually been associated with a theological uh, construct, a system, in regard to leadership where men and women lead, not based on gender, but based on gift. Egalitarian in reality, means wider than that in the world, but I'm focusing in just to say something as I close here in regard to C3. The other view, by the way, is so egalitarian is men and women in leadership together. E- complementarianism is where men and women complement one another, but only men can be in senior roles or lows of authority. And we're not, we're not going to knock that and fight that. I'm just saying to you this. People have asked me, why has this church grown so well? And I'll say this, as I finish, it's because we've got everyone who's on board, whether male or female, whether educated or not, whether black or white, whatever their socioeconomic background, we believe everyone is valued and we've all got a part to play. Every single one of us. I want to remind you, you are needed and we want to know you. We need everyone. One reason that we recognize men and women in leadership is because of what I just read to you from Genesis 1.28. It was man and woman together, of course, complementing each other. And we're not talking about blurring the sexes in this. There are differences, but it's men and women together that play their part, who are gifted. So in relation to leadership, it's that God's given you gift to do it. And I knew it was 25 years. I didn't know what you guys were going to do. But I do want to say this to Ange as as I just finish. We've led this church together. And this church would not be what it is without Ange's input. Not just Ange, other females as well and other men as well. But it's been part of our journey. We had to dismantle some things. We had to change our mind in order to grow and develop. I want to say to you about Breathe again. It's not a nice women's conference. Some of you need to get over yourself and say, well, I never go to a women's conference. Why not? This is your family that put it on. Get over yourself. Book in. Why? Because we believe it empowers women to be all that they can be. It's never been a level playing field. It's still not a level playing field out there in regards to men and women. But we want to make it so here and we want to equip others to do it, which is why, or well, one of the reasons we do Breathe. It will help you grow in your leadership and in your development. Book in for it. It's expansive next year. We're also going to be doing again GLS here. Global Leadership Summit. You know, last year, the Global Leadership Summit in the UK, we were the largest site we've only been doing it for two years why was it the largest? because others pulled out <laughs> it was not a positive thing others cancelled but we said we still believe in equipping men and women and, a youth, and the youth we're, I didn't know, we do a youth one as well in order to be leaders in the world in a few weeks time we're starting a new series we're calling it after Easter this is we're calling it people really matter and we're bringing in some of our partner organisations why? because we believe we can do more partnered with others TLG that is Transforming Lives for Good with Tim Morphin will be here Home for Good which is Fostering and Adoption with Chris Kantai will be here Hope for Justice with Ben Cooley he's coming with Toto Choir will be here the first week in June these are strategic partnerships that we're involved in in order to take things forward into this next season Next Friday, we in Bury. If you haven't booked in, Katie's already set. Friday afternoon, the flyover. that's over King's College. That's where it's going to be. The sign in the sky. Heart equals love. Go and take photos. Get it out there. Why would I say it as I finished last week? We just want people to know there's a God in heaven. See, I've, I've realized this more than ever in building this building. Man looks on the outward appearance. God, we always quote it. God looks on the heart, and that's the bit we emphasize. Yeah, we know God looks in the heart, but man looks on the outward appearance. And it's what they see that attracts them. So some of you are in here because you saw this building being built. You thought, that's interesting. It's a church? It's not actually. It's a building where the church meets, but you get my drift. Church is the people. And I've realized more and more, this is why we do things excellently, because people are put off half the time by church because of what it looks like. And that's something we want to do over King's College that makes weather permitting. Please pray for good weather. The forecast says 19 degrees, cloudy, 2% chance of rain. I've been checking it out. Put it up to make a statement about Easter and God who loves them. On your seats, there's a letter from Anjanine. It says some of the things I've said here. It's entitled Vision Offering. Please take it read it look at the details on the back of where the vision offering is going and pray what can we give don't leave it on, on your chair That's, it's a bit rude we put effort in being bold today I just feel like it because I've been here 25 years oh by the way people say have you ever thought of giving up oh regularly absolutely usually when it's been going hard and usually when it's been going well sometimes I think I'll quit now while we're ahead a friend of mine has just got a pastorate in the Cayman Islands. The Cayman Islands! There are more businesses registered in the Cayman Islands than there are people. I thought, why didn't I see that gig? Why didn't I see that? Why did he get a job in the Cayman Islands? The reality is I wouldn't have applied for it because I know our vision restricts us, we're meant to be here. I met a guy at the learning community a few weeks ago And he was a curate here in Cambridge. And I'm going to finish. And he said to me, I was a curate for three years. I said, I know Tom, his name is. I know Tom, yeah. He said, I was so glad to get away from Cambridge. He said, I've gone up north again. He was in the north. He came to Cambridge. How have you lasted so long? I said, because it was an assignment from heaven. God won't let us go. We're here till we're finished. We ain't finished yet we ain't finished yet. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come.